It's the Lundis, the Winner's Paradigm podcast. Today we've got another amazing episode, but before we get in, go to thewinnersparadigm.com, sign up for our newsletter. That way you can keep up with everything the Winner's Paradigm and Alpha Influence Media. Today's episode is going to be great. We have my friend Amanda L. Paul coming in. She's a psychotherapist and has a podcast called The Audacious Black Girl, where they're really giving techniques and helping people through uh, all walks, how they can be able to get better heal you know really focus on that mental health to be the best that they can be so i obviously uh wanted her on the show because that's something we tackle here you know is all those fundamental elements and how to become a better person and what are we doing to heal our own self so today we're going to jump into that uh she's a damn good guest you guys are going to love her go to the winners paradigm.com subscribe then tune in i've got my story you got yours I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor Then looked the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up Been there and back a couple times, but I made it through that stuff I realized if you wanna win, you gotta recalibrate your mindset Before there's no time left Yo, what is happening, y'all? It's Lundis. This is the Winner's Paradigm. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. I haven't jumped on here in a very long time, and I've been just grinding at the Winner's Paradigm, you know, and figuring out, hey, what's the direction we're going? What are we tapping into? How are we going to help people? What kind of things are we unpacking and showing people, hey, what peace looks like when you finally are able to get through years of trauma, frustration, pain being built up. So in order for us to keep this message going, I need you to drop a five-star review and a rating and let me know how this show's helped you so we can keep the shit going. Now, the second thing I want to say is um, go to myfitlife.net if you use the code uh, TWP 20, you get 20% off all products. These are the products I'm using as well. So I don't promote something unless I'm using it. Last thing I just want to say is, uh, do fucking you do what fulfills you do what makes you happy, do what's going to allow you to be able to get to that next level to hit whatever it is to be able to get over that goal. Cause you may not be where you're at right now. Um, and excuse me, you may not be where you want to be right now, but when you look at it in a nutshell, you're one day closer to where you want to be. If you're putting that work in, I know it's sometimes we want to beat ourselves up. I do the same thing, you know, where I'm working on the business, working on the podcast. And it's like, man, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm getting there. It's a journey. So give yourself some fucking grace, pat yourself on the back and tune into the winner's paradigm podcast. If you really want to fucking win, let's get it. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the winner's paradigm. It's a tremendous honor. Um, one working with you to be able to talk and have this episode where we can be able to, you know, talk about some of the things that you dive into on your podcast, but two, you know, you're an amazing human being. We've talked a little bit before. So I was excited that we can dive into the mindset realm and really challenge certain beliefs today. So before we get kicking, um, let's start with your story about you and then what you're passionate about today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lunas, uh, for reaching out to me and doing this. We had a great conversation previously. So, hey, everyone, I'm Amanda. Um, I'm a psychotherapist and I'm a corporate social worker. I'll explain what that means. So, psychotherapist, I am a therapist for your mental health um, and a corporate social worker. So, I work 
primarily in corporate environments, um, and I work in employee assistance type programs um, and in the DEI space, so diversity, equity, and inclusion. Huge passion of mine is working at the intersection of mental health and the employee experience. Um, mental health is important all around, right? Um, but there are you know, certain domains where it might be a little bit more challenged because we aren't necessarily uh, in the most supportive environments, um, don't have available resources. Um, so that is where my work is rooted at. Um, but I'm super excited to talk about just overall mental health and our well-being, uh, especially when it comes to our mindset. Oh, and I'm a podcaster, yeah. my own podcast. <laughs> should do that. Um, Audacious Black Girl, where I talk to Black women about their audacity to move through life and to be successful. Um, and to just really what I'm doing is amplifying our voices, um, because I feel like we are very, very successful as Black women. But because of the societal and environmental things that we experience, it does take doing that inner work and that mindset so that we can show up and show out in the world. Um, but yeah, that's another part of what I do. Absolutely. And I'd say we'll start there first. Um, and I'd say that's number one, what I love about you is talking about those things because it's so difficult. And as me and you've talked already, you know, uh, I'm black, but I grew up with all the Mexican side. So it was one of those to where, you know, my music, I listen to everything, but it was one where it's like certain ways that I would act or around my audience, I had to be a certain way or, you know, I was around other, uh, I didn't grow up on the black side of my family. So it was like my best friend going around his family and being like, oh, okay, I blend in, you know, I, I belong here, but it was something where it was like, traditionally, if I acted different around the people I was around with or my family, that's not you, you're Mexican. So it was one of those for me to where I uh, had that racist stepdad, you know, and he gave me those identity things and it was, yeah. everything was, you know, that's ghetto or having a black girlfriend one time. My mom's like, is she ghetto is the first thing. And the girl's like mm. hurt, you know, even though she came from a good family. So yeah. all the things you're talking about there, you know, resonates with me because I've been through that and I understand how it is. It's like, we try to help our people and be like, Hey, you know, the world is a certain way for some people and not everybody acknowledges that. But at the yeah. same time, it's like, they want to shut us down when we're talking about it versus being like, Hey, you have the power for what you can do. And you can be able to, you know, help empower other people and be like, yo, we can accomplish anything. It's just about, you know, the norms, the norms we create, we should say, yeah. and then those belief systems that go behind it when you're diving deep. And it's like, it's not that you're a black thing. It's just about you're accomplishing whatever you can and that's yeah. it. And you're going to empower everyone around you for that just by being you and and that's what when i talk about like the environmental societal the familial um pressures and um influences of all those things how they affect us in our identity right as you're saying like you are biracial you mexican and black and um you go around certain people you, you don't act black enough or you don't act mexican enough or whatever the case might be but that's where all those things influence us and affects our mental health, affects our mindset, affects our identity. Um, and like I was saying too, like amplifying our voices of people of color, like I think it's super important because we do go through all these things and it is a part of who we are. And uh, we are still very successful and moving through life and we are more than our identities, right? You can still, of course, embrace your identity and use it because that's who you are. That's your authenticity. Uh, it's a part of your story. Um, but don't let anything hold you back and just understand that even though these are your experiences and this is your identity, embrace it, it's who you are um, in spite of what the societal environmental pressures might be for us. 100%, 100% agree with you. And I can definitely say that, you know, I went to two uh, 
schools that were minority white. So it was definitely different because it was a little bit, one school had like three black kids and I was one of them. And then the other one, we had like 50. But the problem was with that school, it was so big. We would get in fights every day and we'd click together. So I was like, you know what? This isn't the crowd I want to be with because I'm getting myself into trouble. But it was something for me to learn. Like people generally, um, and it's kind of like, you look at a lot of systems, like you gravitate towards people who look like you and, yeah. and who share those things. So it's just natural. So that's where people do those things. And for me, it was realizing that is like, that's why it clicks. You know what I mean? You see somebody who looks like you and you're like, hey, man, because they understand the struggle you went through. Yeah. You understand their struggle. So it's coming from that place. And I didn't really get that till I worked at a mortgage brokerage. And there was like seven black people. And uh, there was this black girl. And she's like, hey, do you know this dude? And I'm like, oh yeah, all the black people here know each other. Like we stick together. And it was a joke I made and people were like laughing, but I'm like, no, it's true because we all felt that way. And it, especially yeah. at that job, it was uh, a lot of money was thrown around and people didn't get things and it was that. So it was cool having that culture background or being yeah. like, yeah, we understand you on those levels because the people are making the good money. You know, some of them coming off mommy and daddy's couch. Uh, some of us didn't have that opportunity. So it was one of those where it was like, yeah, some guys were like, hey, we left our family from the East Coast to come to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And it was something cool. It was like, hey, they had to challenge their beliefs. They had to be able to take that leap for them because they didn't have these opportunities other people did. So it was something that I found was like, you know, that's pretty damn cool. It's like we can all click together no matter where we're from, you know, what our household looks like and whatever else it is. Yeah, it's that sense of community and community is a pillar of my platforms of who I am is like, how do we come together? Right. How do we, you know, see each other and validate each other? Um, because our experiences for people of color, BIPOC folk, um, some you know, different ways that you identify, like that community aspect is super critical because you might be one of one or one of a couple or one of seven as you're or even one of 50. And you still know that um, in the sense of that environment that you might be the minority in terms of numbers. So you look for each other. I was literally just having a conversation with someone before this about that, about how, uh, for me, my experience, right? As a black woman, if I see, if I'm at an event and I see another black woman and she's the only other black woman there, we might lock eyes and we already know everything about each other. We already know everything about what we're probably experiencing in that moment. And that is that sense of community. That's that connection um, that is undeniable and allows you to kind of continue to persist, right? Continue to like move forward in our environments and in our experiences because I see you and there's some community. Not to say, you know, everyone we connect with or might see is, you know, necessarily for us, but there's a chance that there might be. So, uh, but yeah, that sense of community, no matter where we are, is critical. No, and I 100% agree with that. You know, I think definitely when it comes to team building and culture wise, yeah. you have to be able to have that, you know, because we need people that are vocal where they're at, but that are also able to teach, you know what I mean? So like you being able to teach these things, me being able to be like, hey, this is our perspective because not everybody looks at it that way. Other people may get offended, but it's true, you know, because not everybody looks at things the same exact way. And I think that's where that perspective comes in. And it kind of goes into it even with other races as well as like, that's the shit they go through. So that's why we click is we're like, yeah. you know what, we understand what you go through. We've been there. And when it comes to team building and we're building these great teams, um, none of that stuff matters when you have all those core values that are in place that are showing, hey, you know, this is what we are. We learn from each other's beliefs. We work through it. You know, we're not just not working with somebody because of ands, ifs or buts. So in your experience, you know, building these teams and building a company culture that's going to allow you to have 
your dominant brand? You know, what are some things that you like to do or what you would recommend to be able to help so people feel like they are equal, you know, they have that playing field to where they can be able to speak on things and not really feel that judgmental side of it of, oh, they're going to think I'm less because of this. Yeah, I think... Like for me, like I was saying a little bit, bit ago, is like having your pillars, right? Like having your, your pillars of whatever it is that you do, whether it's in your company, your brand, um, that's super important for me. I have three C's, it's community, connection, and curiosity, right? So when we are in environments where it is diverse, hopefully diverse, um, how can we build curiosity about each other? How can we practice non-judgment and address our unconscious bias so that we are able to really, uh, you know, connect with other people? So that's the other part, connection. You connect with people once you're able to embrace some curiosity, <laughs> once you're able to embrace some curiosity. And then after you embrace curiosity and you have connection, you can build community. Um, so for me, that's um, what I would just really advise anyone, create your pillars, what matters to you, um, what matters to your brand and your business and follow through on that and, you know, speak on it often and live it, live it, live it. Don't just say, this is what I believe. This is what I want. These are my values and not actually live it. Cause that's what we run into when it comes to workplaces and companies that we may be in is that on paper, this is what we believe. This is what they say they believe. But the moment you uh, are in those spaces, you see it doesn't line up. So practice alignment um, in what you do and get everything aligned so that you feel like you're practicing what you preach and actually doing what you're saying, being who you say you are um, and that your people actually believe it. 100% agree and, and I love how you dove into that. And my apologies, my little one just walked up here and oh, she's playing, fine. but uh, it, no, I, I definitely love that. And again, resonates with me because that's something that I went through as well. And um, something that I'm like, you know what? We have to build a community. We have to be able to have these things in place, but at the same time, like you got to be a better leader. And it was something for me that I, I've been working on is like letting go of some of those grudges and judging and being like, oh, that's that. I'm not going to work with you because the alignment thing. And for me, you know, 100% yes. now than on what I'm doing. And it was something for me where it's like, I don't even want to be in the same room as you. But then I don't know what it is. I heard it for the hundredth time, a DMX quote, where he's talking about trust the snake to bite you. And he's mm -hmm. like, you have to see people for who they are, not for what you believe or what you're projecting. And then it goes back to that inner work thing. So as I've been, you know, doing the inner work, it was something that I found where I was like, man, you know, this projection of me not liking a person for these things or that it's just an alignment issue. It's just, we're not aligning at this time. It's not that I hate the person or don't want to see them win. It's just, Hey, you know, I want to see you win at a different table, not mine, not mine. Yeah. but two, I can be confident in myself and be like, you know what? I'm the best I can be. And even if a situation were to arose, you've done all that work that's allowed you to be able to act accordingly. So it's not like, you know, I did all that work just to pop off and go crazy. So it was something for me where it was like coming back to the team building portion where it was like, hey, everyone you're working with, you're going to be in alignment with. And if it's not, okay, that's fine. You can work with it from there. But it goes back to that core value standpoint. And I'd say for me, you know, um, it was cool that it was the personal side before the professional side. Because yeah. now I'm able to be like, hey, I can work with different people. And then two, I've had clients, uh, or excuse me, prospects. They didn't become clients because I won't work with them. And it was that ideology where they thought they were superior over other people. And yeah. he's just like, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. And I'm like, man, that's not how the world works. Like, if you want to get somewhere, we got to use each other 
to make network. partnerships. Yeah, exactly. Network partnerships so we can be able to scale up. But you just don't blatantly tell someone you want to work with them and I'm going to beat you type deal. So it was something yeah. for me where I started evolving on the way I was thinking was like, man, how can I provide more value to other people versus looking at it as what they can do for me? Yeah, absolutely. And I think culturally, too, if you think about the United States, like it is such an individualistic um, society and culture. It really where is. It's all about you, your success and what you're doing and, uh, you know, dog eat dog world. And the reality is like we do live in a world where that is the case. However, you know, we can't deny the importance of networking and partnerships and just trying to grow alongside of other people. You, some, they might get there faster than you, they may not, but it really is important to, um, um, you know, have that understanding of what works best for you, even as you're talking in regards to like who you connect with. This is why you need to establish your values beforehand. Like for me personally, like I've had people reach out to me wanting to be on my podcast. Um, but when I talk to them, or if I go on like their social media first, and I see it doesn't align, guess what? Like, I, I can't have you because that's not true to my pillars. That's not true to my values and my beliefs. And that's something you can carry with you throughout your life and that's how you kind of learn about you know your own relationships too and the people that you meet and who you want to be in your life um, is about okay how does this align how does this person their values and what they do their actions how does that align with who I am and my values and if it doesn't align it may not be a good fit for you or maybe for temporarily and then you have to accept that it's a season and sometimes you got to accept that sometimes you're the season we don't think about that. We kind of go, oh, well, that person was a season. Well, sometimes you're the season. <laughs> you're the season and you have to know when it's time to move on. Um, but yeah, that's super, I think everything you said was really important, just establishing your values, your pillars, so that you can move forward with alignment and no matter what you do. Yeah, and, and I'll end it with the one thing that I'll say from there, not say with my business partner. Uh, I love that man. And it's one of those to where it's like, it's the perspective base. Uh, he's from St. Louis. So he talked about an incident when he was seven years old and he was getting, uh, he got jumped and they were like, oh, white boy and saying this or that. And it was funny because I was fighting at that age in Fresno, but it was like fighting white kids. So it was something funny to me where it's like, we're in the same position at two different places, given, you know, we look different, et cetera. You know, so the cool thing was, is like, we jammed on that and I can talk about those things and he yeah. understands because he's like, man, and I'm like, I was like, bro, I was in preschool and that was the first time, like I heard racist stuff before that, but someone told me black boys don't wear vans. So I threw them against the wall and I was pissed off. And my mom's like, why don't you want to wear vans? And I'm like, oh, because this white kid said that. But the next day he had like a white uh, tank top on, he had the red bandana, red shorts trying to be gangsters. So it was something that out of perspective to where I was like, it's not that I'm black and I can't be this. It's he's saying this because that's a projection that he has and he's yeah. learning from his parents. So it was something for me, like, even at a young age, like I processed that and I kind of already knew these things and mm, went on and, you know, moved to a new school. And my first friend that I had was a black kid. Uh, that was our quarterback and played football. So it was something where it was like, he came up to me, Hey brother, we need to stick together. Like I'm going to help you out. And, yeah. and it was something that was like, again, it was community. It's going to someone that understands you and being there. And at the same time, articulating the message. So love that we jammed on that. We'll jump into the, the next segment here. Yeah. Um, so if we're working on mindset and we really have those hurdles, kind of like how I was talking about the projecting and uh, saying like the alignment, but having a little bit of that anger towards it, what is something you would say if someone was going through that where they're like, man, I'm really trying to work on these things, but I feel like it's everyone else. You mentioned uh, we could be the season. So that's something where 
if we had to challenge those beliefs, it's not something you want to sit with sometimes. Yeah. And it may be something that you got to bite that ego and be like, you know, and I need to shut up because right now I'm projecting way more than I intend to. And that's not my core focus, you know, is to project. I'm trying to correct something, but I don't know how. And that's why the projections are coming. Yeah. I mean, it all starts to think with self-awareness, right? So knowing where you are and I, I tell everyone and workshops I do about mental health and everything is always meeting yourself where you are, not only psychologically, emotionally, physically, whether you're straining yourself, doing some heavy workout when your body's like, we need to chill, like mentally and emotionally in relationships and business, like meet yourself where you are, know your capabilities, know your strengths, <laughs> know what your mindset is right now. Cause if it's not in a good state, okay, that's okay it's probably temporary, right? How can I meet myself where I am and address this, right? What do I need to do to change up my mindset? What do I need to do to kind of get myself to feel more confident moving forward? And so I can practice non-judgment as I'm practicing my self-awareness. So I think it all starts with like self-awareness, meeting yourself where you are and operating from that standpoint. But the thing is we don't practice self-awareness enough. We don't practice self-reflection enough. And I'm not saying you got a journal. I'm not a journal pusher. I tell all my clients that I'm not a journal pusher, but I am a pusher of you processing. I am a pusher of you sitting with yourself and figuring out how you can process your thoughts and your feelings. Because if you try to bypass that, you're bypassing the healing process. You're bypassing your growth. You're bypassing all these things. And you might still grow. You might still have success, but all that baggage is still coming along with you. So sit in self-reflection, sit in self-awareness and allow that to lead you to where it is you want to be. Again, that's something uh, that I focus on and I'm a journaler. I like doing that, you know, whether if it's just putting thoughts on paper or even thoughts in my notes, because I'm always doing that. And that's something that allows me to tap into that. So when I have to make that Facebook post, that LinkedIn post, like yeah. I'm already there mentally, but two. Um, yeah, I would say the same thing, you know, as I've been doing the self-reflection in that, and then definitely have a wife as well that keeps me in check. And she's like, Hey, you said this, but this is aligned with what you're trying. Exactly. So it was something for me where it's like, she'll tell me even the tough things when I'm too up here and I need to come back down to earth. So it was something for me where it's like, even when I feel like it's not the problem, it may be, but I can't handle that at that time because there's something else I got to take care of first. So I'd say definitely like with me, it was the first, it was the ego of proving people wrong because it was like being labeled as something and then proving that you are that you do have that self-worth. You do have that confidence. Yeah. And then it went into like realizing that, Hey, you know, uh, I've worked on myself so much to where I don't even need to worry about that other person, you know? So, so what if I, I don't align with them? Like, I just gotta be the best me and then laugh it off, you know? And I got to smile in front of them because yeah. again, I'm not going to change my character of who I am based off of them and what they're doing. Yes. And, and you, you're talking about the ego um, and you mentioned the ego. So the ego is not bad. The ego is just there to try, the ego is trying to figure out what we're doing. That's it. Right. But the ego is also, um, you know, thinking about what society says we should be or how we should be and what your like innate kind of responses might be. Right. So the ego is just trying to figure it out. The ego gets a bad rap. But what, we could, what I like to focus on is ego strength and ego weakness, right? Ego strength is exactly what you're saying toward the end is like feeling like I don't need to prove anything anymore, right? Ego weakness is feeling like you need to prove and going so hard 
because you're not being in alignment at that point, right? Ego strength is, you know, I don't need to prove anything anymore. I know who I am. I know, I know what my capabilities are, right? So that's a gauge for people, listeners, watchers, is really when you think about your ego, think about the strengths that it has and the weaknesses and whether or not you're trying to prove yourself or where you're, where you're responding from in certain situations, because we might be in certain situations or environments that challenge us. And we fall back into like, you know, the ego weakness where we're trying to prove or we're trying to like, we might lie or something like that instead of kind of taking a step back and practicing self-awareness and responding from there. So that's ego strength. Again, I love that. And that's why I phrased it that way because I knew you were going to catch that. Uh, yeah, definitely. And and that's something I'm learning too is like ego is not a bad thing. And for instance, uh, I learned that off the reactive portion. Like I'm really reactive. Why? Because environmental factors with my parents, uh, alcoholics, narcissists. Yeah. So anything I say, anything I wear, anything I do, like they refract it, reframe it, and it's my fault. So it was something for me where it's yeah. like, naturally, I'm jumpy. You say something, I'm like, what? And I'm, I'm ready to go. Or yeah. even, you know, environmental was, that's how I had to be, you know, growing up in Fresno and then moving was it was still that with the people I surrounded myself with. It's like, you got to be able to read situations and be ready for anything that can happen. In yeah, my case, you know, it was uh, processing that the wrong way and thinking of that even when situations were that. So good thing is, is like I'm working through it now to where, yes, you know, I can be able to read situations and understand what's going to happen and how things are going to play out. But there's a time and place for it versus 24 seven where I seem like the one that's paranoid all the time because I'm like, man, something's going to happen. But it's just me being in that protective mode versus, you know, cracking that shell and being like, hey, you know, we're prepared through yes. anything because we took all these steps up. We've, that's you know. Right double yep. down on herself and said that. So I'll wrap it up with the last question here. I'll definitely have you on a second time because I love oh, the sure. conversation we had. Yeah. Uh, but what would you say to the person right now who's working to recalibrate their mindset? They're back at square one like we were. They're trying to figure out, hey, how do I get some momentum? How do I be able to align myself with my definition of success? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I hate to go back to self-awareness, but you need to know where you are because that's really what it is. And, and I guess what I would add to that is be patient and give yourself grace in that process, right? Because when we are at that point where we're starting over or trying to like, all right, let me just figure out a different path. We tend to rush or um, we go outside of ourselves. We start doing too much research, talking to too many people when you really need to sit in self-awareness and self-reflection and listen to your intuition. And it's, it's hard listening to your intuition, especially if you don't know what that sounds like. So I call it the voice behind the voice. Like, it's just going to sound like this whisper or sound like something that's on your heart, something that just kind of comes up for you and listen to that and see what it's telling you. Because once you start building up that muscle, you'll start learning to trust yourself and trusting what your next steps will be. So really sitting in that self-awareness and being patient in that and giving yourself the grace of the journey itself, because it's not a straight line, right? It's going to be all kinds of wonky and all kinds of challenges, but thank those experiences for what they are and learn what you need to learn practice that self-reflection and take your next steps. Like just continue to move forward with the information. Don't get stuck or practice. Life is a practice, everyone. Life is a practice. We get better at what we do. So try to practice not getting stuck in these moments where it's like too difficult. We're going to succumb, right? We're going to experience these, but 
trust yourself enough to know that you'll still be successful, that you'll still be able to make progress, but you're only going to make progress with the self-reflection and trusting your next step, no matter what that might look like. Uh, But that's, yeah, that's the advice I would give for anyone like starting over. Wow. I love that so much because again, we circle back to the self-reflection, but you also talked about when you don't know the information and you're seeking it by going to other people. And that was something for me where um, I made a pivot in my business journey to where it was like, all right, we're going to do video reels. I'm not technical at all. It has frustrated me so much lately because I've been like, man, I don't know. I really want to quit this, you know, but it was one of those where it's like, I'm going to get through this. And I had so many different conversations and it was like reading books. And then I started winning. uh, I read how to win friends and influence people again. And I was like, man, like I really focus on this book religiously and focus on some of these things, you know, where it's building the relationships with people. But it went back to the self-awareness because I was like, man, I'm doing all this extra work on how to be able to communicate better and how to do this. Like I'm doing better as a communicator, but the fact is, is me getting through my hurdle. So it was something where I was like, I re-looked at how I've been doing things and it's like, all right, this isn't bad. This could be better. So it was changing it from simply being like, I'm not enough. I can't do it to being like, all right, putting extra work here, whether it means watching videos, whether it means uh, messing with it, or maybe I even do a project that I don't like and I do it again. So it was something where I restarted something four times. I didn't make my deadlines, but it allowed me to be able to break through that. So I love yes. the way that you mentioned that. Cause that's where I was kind of scrambling where I was like, yeah. man, I need to figure out this money aspect. And it was yeah. having those conversations with people to yeah. where it was like, it all circled back to me. So thank you again, Amanda. Last thing, uh, where could people find you? If they want to keep up with you, they want to hear oh. more from you and your story. Absolutely. Well, you can definitely follow me on Instagram at Audacious Black Girl. Listen to my podcast, The Audacious Black Girl. It's streaming on every platform. And if you want to like connect like professionally and see what I'm doing over on LinkedIn, because I really focus on DEI and mental health and I work at that intersection. So you can find me on LinkedIn at um, just Amanda uh, Paul LCSW. But we can definitely send you the links for you to, you know, give that to people. Yeah, we will absolutely have it in the show notes and we'll direct people back to you. So thank you again, my friend. It was an honor having you on here. But we'll have you in the future again. Absolutely. Thanks. I've got my story. You got yours. I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Then looked the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more. When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen, I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up. Been there and back a couple times, but I made it through that stuff. I realized if you want to win, you got to recalibrate your mindset. Before there's no time left.